The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We are going to hand out invites to June Kegger. Yes, a new segment. We'll empty the Packers notebook. We have a few quick hitters on that. And we'll talk about the potential return of Bobby Portis, and it seems likely. So we'll talk about all of that today and much more. Uh, make sure that you are following along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports on Instagram and TikTok. We had a pretty, I would say for us, viralish uh, thing with Rogers uh, yesterday. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, also on Facebook, uh, tapping the keg sports there. Uh, so hopefully you guys are plugged in with us and hanging out with us on all the different social media channels. Also, uh, just a reminder, make sure that you're rating and reviewing. Uh, the reviews and ratings, like, I say this every podcast and no action happens. So if you, you guys are not necessarily doing your job, even though I'm telling you to, well, I'd, I'd really appreciate it. Hopefully you're sharing with friends. If, you're, if you are sharing with friends, but you're not rating and reviewing, I will appreciate that more, honestly. If I had to tear it. Like, sometimes you'll see, like, these influencers who are like, the algorithm changed. It's like, probably not. But I think how I would rate, like, what I would want you to do is I would want you to share it with people. Next, I would probably want you to review it. And then, no, I would say rate it because it's easy to rate. And then lastly, leave a review. That would be my order, okay? And if you need me to do something, I can help out. Little, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Some people will call that quid pro quo in corporate America, but we aren't in corporate America. We're in podcast America, baby. So let's roll and let's talk about the June Kegger. So this is a new segment. I was thinking about something to kind of preview the month of June, basically. And I was thinking about, well, I could talk about people I'm just like really not a fan of this month. I could talk about people that I really like this month, things to watch, yada, yada. And then I was like, all right, what better thing than a kegger? All right, like a college kegger, uh, for those who were in college or have been to a keg party, you know that they get rowdy and people get invited that you want and that you don't want there, right? You're never going to just have a bunch of people there that you like. I think as you get older, you whittle down and make sure that people get invited, whether it be private Facebook events, whether it be text messages. It's not just a fucking free for all. But when you're in college, people show up who you never expected to see or people who you just don't really like. So, and this segment is 10 people or 10 things. It's not necessarily all people. It's 10 things that I'm kind of looking at for the month of June that interest me, that I think they have some interest and they have some reason to be at the party. Now we can tweak this. We can work on this for July, August. I hope this to be sort of a, Every month thing. I know we did the importance rankings, um, but it, and this is kind of it. Like this to me, it's a little bit like the importance rankings. If you guys remember that, I think we did it for one month and then I forgot. So I need to like put this in my calendar and make sure that I do this. And please, if there are feedback where you're like, this is good, this isn't, let me know. Um, I always love the feedback, but let's talk about the June Kager and let's talk about who is getting invites for the most important things, places, events in Wisconsin for this month, as well as the United States. Christian Yelich has an invite to the June Kegger. Christian Yelich, we're trying to rebuild Christian Yelich's confidence. Christian Yelich reminds me of a buddy I had in college who broke up with his girlfriend. He was down on his luck. He felt like absolute ass, and he just moped around the bars. There was one point where I had to tell him, 
look, I am not fucking hanging out with you anymore if you're going to mope. It was mean. I probably shouldn't have done it, but I was 23, no, 22, and drunk. And I, you know, whatever. We're, we're, we all kind of are a little more honest when we're 22 and don't understand social cues and understand that people can be down bad. But he was a real drag to hang out with because he just would mope around these bars. And these were like college bars, people going crazy, just women everywhere. Like it wasn't, he, and he wasn't ugly. Like he could have easily fell, fell and landed on a girl and would have been, would have been all right, right? And then he bounced back. And he hooked up and whatever. And I remember I called one of my friends and I was drunk, like very drunk. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. I was like, it's Michael Jordan. He's back. He's there in the 45. He's returned. Because like, it's one of my like go-to guys to hang out with. And he was, you know, just a complete just mope. And I was like, all right, we got to turn this tide around. And that's kind of how I feel about Christian Yelich. Like, I am sick and tired of Christian Yelich slumping. I am. De- I have defended Christian Yelich. I have put myself on the line. I am almost to the point of where I'm like, all right, dude, you're just who you are, and I there's no saving you. But a part of me wants Christian Yelich to be great again. A part of me thinks Christian Yelich can be great again. I don't think that Christian Yelich's story is done. Like I don't think Christian Yelich. He might have peaked maybe, but I don't think like Christian Yelich doesn't have a second storyline, right? Like, I, I don't think that's the only story of Christian Yelich's career. They becomes his MVP candidate, leads the Brewers to the NLCS, to Game 7, and almost gets them to the World Series against a, a uh, Dodgers team that was a juggernaut at the time, right? Like, I don't think that's it for Christian Yelich. I believe in Christian Yelich. And I almost wonder if we should make believe I believe in Christian Yelich t-shirts. You gotta actually do I believe in yelling maybe would be the t-shirt. Or I know the Yelly is good. You know, that's a popular t-shirt that Barstool does a lot. But it feels like we need something like that for Christian Yelich because I just want Christian Yelich to know like he still has supporters in the fan base. But I just think like the guy is so mentally rocked. I really do. I think he is. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm just hoping maybe he can get, like, a two- or three-week, you know, confidence boost and start to roll here and really kind of become the player that he once was. And and hopefully Yelich is that guy that I'm yelling he's back, you know, like my friend, where he was just starting to hook up with girls and kind of regained his confidence. That's what Christian Yelich needs to do this month. We're going to talk about the second guy later in the podcast, but I will mention him here too, is Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers has a monthly invite. I think Aaron Rodgers will always be invited to the Kiger because I think understanding what Aaron Rodgers is going to do with the young rookies and the and the young receivers, not just rookies, I mean, Juwan Winfrey, right, um, is also there. And Sammy Watkins is a new receiver, not necessarily a young receiver, but let's just say the young and new receivers what Aaron Rodgers is going to do to go past, you know, just the mandatory train, the mandatory training mini camps. Like, what is he going to do? He's at Lambeau today or at Lambeau this week. Um, I think today and tomorrow, uh, open to the fans. The weather's kind of shitty, um, at least down here in Milwaukee. So I don't know if they're going to be able to have that outdoors. But yes, Rodgers will be in the mix for the Packers this week. I think everybody will be excited to see him. It was reported as a story, which was ridiculous in its own right. But at the same time, I am curious to see how like the relationships start forming with Christian Watson, with Romeo Dobbs, like with Sammy Watkins. I, I just hope that 
the Packers can kind of build those bridges. And I also hope that Rodgers is like, hey, I have a workout facility. You know, Paul George goes here. A bunch of prospects go here. Like, Von Miller's here. Like, you guys should come check it out. Like, come to L.A., California. We'll do dinner. We'll, you know, work on some training stuff. Like, that to me is what I want to see from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do a lot of that, right? You see that from Tom Brady. So I've seen, I think Josh Allen's done that in the past. I think I've seen it from Mahomes. Russell Wilson, for sure, has done that. Um, I just would like to see that from Aaron Rodgers. Now, does he have to do it? No. If Aaron Rodgers is a person who thinks, I can get everything done in Green Bay, I don't need to work out with these guys outside of Green Bay, that's just who Aaron is. And I have to accept that Aaron, you know, old Tigers can't just change their stripes. But yes, Aaron's always invited. He will likely not drink keg beer. He will likely just be sipping on scotch in the corner, uh, telling people about all his different takes on the different parts of the world. Like I'm sure Aaron Rodgers at a party might not be the best guy to have, but I'm sure still he would have a little bit of fun. Next, I'm inviting young Eric Lauer to the party. There'll be a lot of brewers that get invited to the party, by the way. Uh, But Eric Lauer is one of them. I'm very curious to see if Eric Lauer can sustain his hot start. Now, Eric Lauer has pitched very well. Um, He also pitched well again on, was that, Saturday? Uh, Lauer, oh no, Sunday, excuse me. He pitched well Sunday, gave up a couple runs, but he all in all, he was pretty good. And he's one of the best ERAs for the team right now. And he has he's tops in a lot of the pitching categories and pitching very well. The question is, is this going to keep up or are we going to see a June swoon, if you will? Shout out to Frank the Tank. I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's hard to see. I know that the underlying numbers aren't that great for Eric Lauer. So that gives you a little bit of pause where you're like, okay, maybe... This is kind of smoke and mirrors and that at some point Eric Lauer will come back to life. But sometimes even those advanced numbers, I realize it's like, well, Charlie, they tell the story, yada, yada. It's not always the case, right? Um, it's not always his FIP right now, uh, which sometimes is a good indication of if a player is properly rated or a little bit overrated. Uh, is at 3.69, while his ERA is 2.3. So there's obviously a potential for regression for Eric Lauer, but... Eric Lauer, just for whatever it's worth, I think we talked about this when we did the Adamas breakout stuff last week. Eric Lauer had a FIP of 4.04. He had an ERA of 3.1 and had a war of 1.7. And so even though that his FIP numbers were a little higher than his actual ERA, it still didn't really matter. It didn't matter at all, right? Eric Lauer still took care of business. He actually had some bad luck. His BABIP was way low at 249. So he got, he or no, he got lucky, actually. I, I always screw up with Babbitt. It's like if it's 300, it's average. If it's lower than that, it means that you got kind of lucky. If it's higher than average, you're getting just absolutely, you know, basically bad luck finds you. It didn't find Eric Lauer last year. Probably part of the reason why his FIP was up. Um, and if you guys are like, Charlie, you're talking foreign language to me, I'll shut up. I know that it's hard sometimes with the advanced metrics, but I do think like BABIP and FIP have been kind of talked about more and more. Uh, but yes, those are those are two that I like to look at when I'm seeing if a pitcher is overrated or underrated. I think right now, Eric Lauer's being invited to a party is kind of one of the cool new kids, right? He's kind of a new kid on the block, if you will. Flower has another good month. I think you have to consider him for an all-star bid if the Brewers continue to be successful. Um, I think he's definitely deserved it, definitely earned a chance to potentially be an all-star for the National League. 
another party invite goes to Celtics fans. So remember I talked about the guys you don't want at the party? Celtics fans are definitely those people. Uh, Celtics fans, I am fascinated by. Um, I was going to do a social clip, I still might, about the Draymond Grant Williams thing where Draymond's telling him, like, you have to, you, you want to be me, you're not me. Draymond Green basically rattled the entire Celtics fan base, including their players on the court. Uh, Dave Portnoy went ahead and made Draymond as a bitch t shirts, uh, which. I felt it was a little intense, I'll be honest. Like, I didn't know we could make those shirts in 2022. I realized Barstool gets away with a lot of stuff. But Draymond Green, you know, just basically flipped this game on its head. Draymond Green, I think I we, I talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show, so I don't want to repeat myself, but, like, he really rattled their cages. Like, they are rattled. Like, their fan base is rattled. The team's rattled. Draymond's going to come in there kind of like the Shawn Michaels gif where things are getting thrown at him and he's just smiling and cackling. That's Draymond Green. And Draymond Green loves it. And he basically has made the Golden State Warriors a villain to the Boston fan base. And I think the Warriors really thrive off that. And they'll thrive off the boost. They'll thrive off being on the road and being actually hated. And let's be real, like the road crowds in Dallas weren't that great. Memphis, they were a little bit, but by that point, you know, they didn't have John Morant. I know they they acted like they won the Super Bowl with a 55-point win, which was weird. And then Denver, I mean, again, Golden State put them to bet. Golden State's been a pretty good road team. They have not necessarily faced a crowd like Boston, but I do think that they relish in it. I think they relish in the opportunity to basically be the heels. Now, do I think Golden State is an actual bad guy? No. I think it's perpetuated by the the Boston media machine, which is, you know, growing by the day, it seems like. And that they are basically sort of pumping up this idea that Boston got screwed because of the way Draymond played and that Draymond should have got a second technical. And if he gets a second technical, this thing totally changes. I understand that. <laughs> I get the idea, right? That you're like, okay, sure. But you have Grant Williams on your team. Grant Williams did all sorts of dirty shit. Al Horford's sister complaining that, the, that things don't go right, the Warriors get dirty. Very ironic considering her brother did the same fucking thing to Giannis. All right? Like, as Bucks fans and we're watching this and we're hearing Celtics fans complain about Draymond Green... It's like, do you guys, can you look at the fucking mirror? Look at what Grant Williams is. What? Why isn't Grant, Grant Williams, if, if Draymond's a bitch, then Grant Williams is a bitch too. Same with Mark is smart. Okay? So, I don't understand what we're doing here. So, I think inviting them to a party is like, either we get to laugh at them, or they run the beer pong table and take over, and unfortunately we have to deal with them sort of being in our ass for an entire summer as well as the year and that would suck i really i the more that like after we did the podcast with mitch before game one and i talked about how this isn't necessarily a hate watch for me i can watch it i have no problems with it i i still stand by that 100 i do but i didn't take in consideration how much boston sports fans drive me crazy when i've been directly impacted by it and there are a lot of them. And so that to me is a sudden hang up for me. And I don't know if I could take the, the Tatum conversations. Tatum also gets invited to the party, by the way. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But all right, let's keep going. Um, this is 
it's fun segment, but again, I have to I have to hold myself in because we have been already 15 minutes through. All right, the fifth invite goes out to Summerfest. Uh, Summerfest starts in J- June 23rd. They're going to do the weekend thing this year, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, for this week, or for one three weeks, uh, June 23rd, then June 30th, and then July, I think that's July 7th, um, if I have my dates correct. Here's what fascinates me about Summerfest. They didn't do it, la- they didn't do it in 2020. 2021, they did do it, but they did it in the fall, and it did not really go that well. It ha- actually it tanked. Now they've they've kind of fixed it. They did Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't understand how no one in you know marketing and Summerfest was like, hey, there's football and college football on, and people aren't going to care as much on Fridays or Saturdays. So maybe you know push this to Thursday. But even that Thursday, people have kids, people have this, that. You know they gotta get the kids to school in the morning. They don't necessarily want to go out. I think Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the summer should work out much better. I think even though Thursdays you have to work the next day, summer Fridays you might have a half day, you might have off Friday, might be doing like a four day work week, you might just have off in general, right? You you also have it around the 4th of July holiday, which is a get out day for a lot of businesses too. So I think there's a little more opportunity there to have a dynamic sort of event. The one issue you might run into is if you get bad weather on two of those weekends, you're kind of fucked. That to me is the inherent risk. Because if you do it throughout a week, it's very unlikely that you would have rain for 10 straight days, right? But there's a possibility that you could have one weekend of rain and then the next weekend of rain. Or rain one weekend, no rain the next weekend, and then rain again. I think you're just, you're kind of playing a little bit with fire when it comes to the weather. You know, we talk about a lot about the weather on Tab and the Keg. But I'm curious to see, you know, in terms of the attendance, I think it should be good. I think some of the concerts are nice. Haven't done like a full deep dive of a Summerfest sort of look through it. Probably that's a good podcast for us to do the week of Summerfest, like your guide uh, in terms of what I think you should go see. Not like entirely a music expert. I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it, but I could at least give you like here's the vibe you're getting from each of these concerts, uh, from what I know. Some people, some of them, I'm sure I'm like I have no idea because I'm you know getting up there in age. There was some rapper I saw the other day named Young Gravy. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This guy's popular. This guy has like a ton of ton of streams on Spotify. Like I was just, uh, you know, sometimes, man, every now and again, there's things that come by and you just completely miss them. I missed Young Gravy. Okay, we'll try to be quicker with the last five. Josh Hader also getting invited to the party. Uh, The third of four brewers he invited. Just curious to see if Hader can continue to be awesome. I mean, he has now 40 straight appearances where he hasn't allowed a run that ties a record. He will either go for that record tonight or go for that record during uh, the Philly series. Also, Hader has 30 consecutive saves. I'm telling you, if Josh Hader has this continue into the All-Star break, there will be legitimate hype for him for Cy Young. There just will be. I think you have to at least acknowledge it. I don't think you have to be like, oh yeah, that's you know exactly what you're looking for. But I do think it's an interesting Cy Young angle. I think Joe Musgrove has a major claim right now. The San Diego Padres pitcher. 
I think he's definitely, to me, watching him on Friday night, I was like, that to me is the best pitcher in baseball right now. I, and maybe that's a little intense, but like I was just extremely blown away by what I saw out of Joe Musgrove. Sandy Alcantara for the Miami Marlins has also been phenomenal uh, this year. So I think Alcantara is going to get some mention. I think you have to, I don't necessarily, I don't know who else would, I would potentially look at as an opportunity for pitchers. A lot of the best pitchers weirdly have resided in the American League, whether it's Martin Perez, Nestor Cortez, who's been incredible. Uh, Alex Manoa has been really good as well. So yeah, I, I think there are a lot of different potential options here to go, but I do think if there's really not a good option, and if it's just Musgrove, then maybe he deserves a mention. Max Fried's another one who I think will be involved in terms of it. He's been really strong uh, this year as well. Um, so who knows? Maybe maybe he gets in the mix. And yeah, Corbin Burns kind of took a step back after his start in San Diego, but Corbin was really good before that San Diego start. So be curious to obviously see how he responds this week, but he did not get an invite to the party. Sorry, Corbin. All right, other guys. Sport of hockey, I just I kind of talked about it yesterday, so I won't go into too too much detail, but I've just really enjoyed uh, watching hockey, and I haven't watched it in years. I don't really understand why I fell out of it. I don't think that I'm going to watch it on a regular basis, but definitely, you know, it's like something that I can talk about with friends. It's similar to I have a bunch of buddies who are Liverpool fans, so I try to keep up with Liverpool a little bit just so I know, like, I can conversate with them. I have other friends who are Bayern fans. It's the same thing, um, and I feel like now, like, with the Avalanche and just understanding Pat's fandom. And I always, like, knew Pat was an Avalanche fan, but I think now I will at least try to be a little bit better about keeping up with it. It's it's hard, though. I will admit, though, like, hockey, like, I really focus in on college basketball and NBA during the winter months. So hockey is definitely a third-tier sport for me. Uh, but, you know, if there's more opportunity, who knows? Maybe I maybe it becomes more of in the mix with hockey as well as, or I'm sorry, with both of the basketballs. Willie Adamas, another invite for a Brewer player. The only thing I'll say is I'm just curious Willie Adamas can spark the Brewers. I'll just say that straight up. Like, I, this could be another opportunity where Willie Adamas comes back from injury and all of a sudden he's the spark plug that the Brewers need. Uh, the Brewers definitely need a good series in, against Philadelphia, um, and we'll see if they can provide it. And having Adamas back will help. Brewers should be getting another Cavalier as well. The Live Tour, um, I am fascinated by all of this. Um, I guess they're having captains. I thought Kevin Clark's tweet uh, yesterday was incredible about the Live Tour. For, and I'm sure all of you are familiar, but in case you're not, this is the Saudi Arabia Tour where it's just basically blood money. Uh, Saudis are some bad people. And basically they're just creating like a mini champions tour because it's all it's all guys who are pretty old. The Dustin Johnson's really the only notable younger player that has entered the fray. There's rumors about Ricky Fowler potentially joining it as well. But again, more guys who are sort of in the late stages of their career. Here is what Kevin Clark said, because <laughs> it was great. Live Golf more or less has the talent acquisition strategy of the New York Knicks. Incredible tweet. Just absolutely incredible, incredible tweet. Oh, and then somebody said, Nick's jokes from a magic man. Yep, one of the worst franchises of the planet on Earth with the exact same number of finals appearances and titles in my lifetime. 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable uh, burn. Kevin Clark's great. I like Kevin Clark a lot. I'd love to have him on. That would, I, I wouldn't say that would be like a dream guest, but I would definitely, I think, enjoy uh, talking to Kevin, especially just considering his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, as he's one of the guys that Aaron Rodgers likes. The last guy is Jason Tatum. Dude, Jason Tatum is about as corny as it gets. That's all I'll say. Jason Tatum, you thinking like he's the next Kobe? Oh, I, I man. I don't know. I think he is as lack the lack of self-awareness for an athlete for Tatum is all-time high. Uh, he hasn't done anything stupid, so I won't like put him in the I think the leader in the clubhouse for the self awareness the lack of self awareness category. But I think Tatum definitely thinks of himself way too highly. Um, and to add him into the mix with Celtics fans, I would love to just see him get knocked down a peg because I can't have like top five Tatum conversations this summer. Just can't have it. Um, we'll not have fun. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was a little long. Um, so maybe maybe we'll have to uh, scale back the June the July kegger. Uh, we'll hopefully do that the first week of July um, as, as we get back from the Fourth of July holiday. Um, I hope you guys like that. Um, if you have any feedback, feel free to drop it in, um, and we'll uh, we'll definitely uh, take that. And we always love feedback. If you if there are segments I've done and that I'm not doing, just remind me of them. Be like, hey, we did this one time. It was cool. Can you bring it back? Or could you do a segment on this or on that? And I'm happy. It's not necessarily like do do my job, right? But I'm only one person, right? So A, I forget some things. B, um, I don't have a producer that I go over this with and that him or her, like we talk about it. We have conversations about, hey, what are we going to do? Like, this is all generated by me. So when I'm asking for help, it's not necessarily, hey, do my job. It's rather, hey, make sure I didn't forget anything. And make sure that, like, if there's something that I'm missing, like, reach out. That's why I – and I love you guys. I think you guys do a great job of communicating some of the people I talk to daily, some that I talk to, you know, every other day or every other week. Like, you guys are great. So I, I appreciate all the support. All right, let's empty the Packer notebook a little bit. So there's, like, bubbling Lazard, Alan Lazard drama. Alan Lazard still hasn't signed his tender. Alan Lazard might want a new deal. Alan Lazard – you know, there's some conspiracy theory that Alan Lazard might want to go to Denver um, and play with Nathaniel Hackett. Remember, Hackett was the guy who brought him in in Jacksonville. He was the guy who also brought him into Green Bay. I think Alan Lazard owes a lot of his career to Nathaniel Hackett. That said, you're playing with Aaron Rodgers or you're playing with Russell Wilson. I would rather play with Aaron Rodgers 10 times over 10. I don't necessarily understand why Lazard would want to do this. Now, part of me worries that maybe this is a Rodgers thing. Maybe there is something there where the fact that now Adams and Lazard both won out might say more about Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, than just one of those guys wanting to leave. And maybe that causes a little, there is actually more of a rift in the wide receiver quarterback room than we actually thought. And that's pure speculation by me, uh-huh. 100%. Or is it just Lazard's looking at it and like, I'm the man now. I don't want to prove like that I'm the man on a tender. I want to prove it with an actual new contract. Unfortunately for Alan Lazard, there are other guys that have to get paid. There are other mouths that have to get fed. I don't necessarily feel like Alan Lazard's a top priority in terms of getting a long-term deal. I also don't know if Alan Lazard is worth a long-term deal. Alan Lazard will we'll see without Devontae Adams, right? How do you look without Devontae Adams? If you're the dude, are you going to be able to be that dude without 
you know, number 17 on the other side of on the other side of the field. I don't know. So I I hope that this gets figured out by trading camp. Hope that we don't have a holdout. Uh, I think the last thing that the Packers would need is a wide receiver holdout, considering that this is a brand new room. And I think Lazard should, you know, be a leader here. I understand that in the player empowerment era, we're all like, hey, get your money. And you deserve to hold out. And we you sort of champion guys who are trying to get the most bang for their buck. I understand that. But at the same time, I think Alan Lazard just needs to grow up a little bit. I don't think he's earned a long-term contract, in my opinion. So I hope that he reconsiders. Um, the fact that he doesn't want to be at minicamp, fine. Um, he's going to get fined, I believe, for it. Um, not showing up to mandatory minicamp. But I think, actually, if you are not signed, um, maybe that, that prevents it from it. So because you haven't signed your tender, you can actually miss minicamp. I have no idea how the rules work. I'm sure we'll find out from the countless Big Jays today. Mark Murphy called... Air Jones and A.J. Dillon, the top running back duo in the NFL. While I appreciate Mark Murphy's homerism, and he should be a homer, um, I don't think Mark Murphy's going to be like, well, you know, there's Chubb and Hunt, and they're they're a little bit better. I, I, I hear what Mark Murphy's saying, and I think they're right at the top. I think they are a dominant, you know, duo. But I think Chubb and Hunt get the nod because – the Cleveland Browns at this point, we don't know what will happen with Watson and the news about Watson just gets continually more terrible. Uh, but I think Chubb and Hunt get to run the ball first. They don't necessarily have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. And if Aaron Rodgers became you know less of a pass first offense and became a little more run first, then I think you could elevate Jones and Dylan to the top. Now, do I think... Jones and Dylan are more useful than than Chubb and Hunt. God, I don't know, man. It's that's hard, right? That's a really hard question because Chubb to me is a little bit injury prone, but so is Aaron Jones. AJ Dylan is a power back who can basically game change. I think, but see, both those guys like Chubb and Hunt, Jones and Dylan, both can catch out of backfield. Both can run through tackles. Both, you know, can have bursts of speed. I would say Hunt and Jones are more similar, and Dylan and Chubb are more similar, which is kind of weird, right? Because one's a lead back, one is a lead back. You, you get my drift here. I, I think that I would still lean if you're like you could have Chubb or Hunt. Forgive what cream, forget what Cream Hunt did off the field. If I had to do a draft. I, I think I'm drafting Nick Chubb first, and then because of that, it's like. I think that ultimately makes you the better running back. And by, I do think the Packers could learn from the Browns a little bit on just the balance and the way they use both guys. I think that that would be really helpful. I also think it would help if they could get a third running back kind of similar to Dearness Johnson, who had like 600 yards this year. Like if you could get a guy for the pack, whether that's Patrick Taylor, whether that's somebody else, I think that could really propel the Packer offense, honestly. If they, if they had a third guy to sort of, you know, break up what Air Jones and A.J. Dillon do. Uh, and I think that they're going to probably try their best to sort of be a split backfield. I really do. I think Aaron Jones is going to get a lot of attention as a receiver. Um, some think Aaron Jones is going to be a number one receiver. That's why he's kind of beloved in the fantasy community uh, this offseason because they really think the opportunity could be there for Aaron Jones. We'll see. We'll certainly see, but right now, to me, it's going to be hard to top 
what Chubb and Hunt do. I guess if Watson kind of screws up what they have so far, um, then maybe you, you reconsider and maybe Jones and Dylan move to the top. Uh, last thing, I mean, the media and Aaron Rodgers were like, Aaron Rodgers is going to report to media camp per a source. It's like uh, Tom Palisaro, who I like, but come on, Tom. Like, why is this a story? Now, somebody replied in my TikTok uh, comments was like, well, he didn't go last year, so that's why it's a story. It's like, yeah, but he gave no signs that he wasn't going to show up. Like, he didn't say, like, yeah, I'm not going to be there. He talks about how he doesn't necessarily really like, you know, these type of things. But I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers was always, you know, destined to be here at mandatory minicamp. Now, if Aaron Rodgers storms off and doesn't stay at minicamp, then, yeah, that's a fucking story. It's a big story. That's, like, grab your battle axes, like, going back to last summer sort of story. But right now, it's it's kind of irrelevant. It doesn't really matter. It's just a guy who's doing his job, showing up for work. And hopefully that it, it works out. And hopefully that if there was any friction between LaFleur and Rodgers, you know, from last week, which from all counts there wasn't, you know, in the media. But, you know, just maybe you read through the lines and maybe it was a little more prickly than, uh, than let on. Hopefully they iron that shit out. They figure it out. They kind of work through whatever whatever that was. Um, I think Aaron and Matt are close enough where they can probably have those conversations. I'm sure they're not easy, but I think it's a little different than Aaron and Mike McCarthy having those conversations. Last thing before we ride out today, uh, Bobby Portis' return seems likely. Uh, this happened on Friday. I probably should have done it yesterday. I apologize for that. Uh, but since... No real new news out of that, and free agency doesn't start for a few weeks. Mark Stein had in his Substack, which I'm almost getting close to subscribing because there's enough good info in there where I haven't, I have not subscribed to a Substack yet. Um, and for those who aren't familiar, Substack's like a private newsletter. Uh, you could do it for free and have it more as like a blog, and it's kind of just a running thing, and you, you don't necessarily have to pay for the content. Um, that whoever is putting it out, like I could move tabbing the keg to Substack, which I mean, it's has been a thought. I've, I've definitely thought about it. I don't write as much anymore as you know. Uh, but Stein pointed out that it looks like Bobby Portis is coming back with the Bucks. That more teams who are interested in Portis have been hearing that that's going to not be on the table. That basically Bobby is ready to sign with the Bucks and probably looking. The assumption is he didn't put a number out there. Stein didn't. But Bucks Twitter kind of looked at it and said four years, $44 million, could see maybe four and 40, something along those lines to get Bobby Portis back in a Bucks uniform uh, next season. And I think it's going to be a big deal. I think that the Bobby is an integral part of what the Bucks do. Uh, to me, I know Chris Herring had that ridiculous article about the Bucks need a fourth scorer. I think really Bobby is your fourth scorer. Um, I think that if you know he has a good enough year, like he could be put in that six man of the year conversation. Like I, I think he's that good. And now he played. He started way too many games to be in that conversation this year. But I, I've always been impressed with the continued development of Bobby Portis. He loves this city. The city loves him. I was worried that he would cash out or the Bucks would decide not to pay him. But they're going to try to figure it out. And they're already pretty much over in the luxury tax. So I'm not necessarily sure how it will all work out. 
Um, maybe it's just that they're like, all right, well, we know our window is this. And if it's a four-year, 48, or it's four-year, $40 million deal, it's a very tradable contract. Now, I would never want to trade Bobby Portis, but it is a contract that the Bucks could easily move off of if something goes to shit or they need to kind of rebuild and retool. But I hope that if you do sign Bobby Portis and you do re-sign Pat Conson, I hope Pat Conson, I think Pat Conson will take his player option. I think that's I think that's the working plan. If you had to he had to kind of figure this out and you kind of had to read through the tea leaves. I think the working plan is let Bobby cash out. Conson will take the player option because Conson got cut into the FEC concert tour, concert venue thing. So I, I don't think that's by mistake, right? Um, and the Bucks doing nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with this. But this, basically, the Bucks are like, all right, we'll kind of help you out in other departments if you help us out. So that he'll take the player option. And because he's already making money on that, he's making money on all the other real estate shit he's doing. So he will basically have a good chunk of income that's not just from playing basketball. And so to me, that's probably what they're doing with Pat Conant. And so that's kind of how I think they will look. So then you're like, all right, well, what is this team? How does this team necessarily get better? Why do they, you know, they need a, to be a little bit better than last year, right? Hopefully they hold on to that, that first round pick, man. I'm a little nervous that they're going to trade it away. They have to draft somebody. I think if the, it will be really hard for me as someone who is team first and sometimes gets criticized for carrying the water. If the Bucs don't draft somebody in the first round this year, it's a massive failure. And I understand, yeah, luxury tax, I get it. There is no fucking coming back from that one. Because then you're basically saying, okay, this is a window and we have no plans after that window. Once that window's over, it's fucking over. I don't like that. I think that, yes, you have a window of Giannis's prime, but you have a, also a window of Giannis's second story. Similar to what we see right now with Steph Curry, right? Maybe Steph Curry isn't as good as he once was. He's still pretty damn good, all right? But it's a it's the second iteration. Now, they greatly benefited having two bad years and then getting young guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga. But I do think the Bucks can kind of build and add guys who are younger and get younger. You know, I, th- I think you keep Javon Carter, right? Maybe if you have money to spend, you look at Mo- at not Moses Moody. You look at Malik Monk, same MM, right? I love Malik Monk. I think that would be a great ad. You might look at you know a potential backup big and see what you can do there and see if you need to have a backup big with Brooke and Bobby. Maybe you don't. And maybe that's a guy that's kind of a rotating second-round pick or an undrafted. Who knows, right? So we'll see. But the Bucks cannot pass on that first-round pick. They just can't. It's We'll talk more about it as we get closer. Um, we're a few weeks out, but... To me, that is a unforgivable move by the Milwaukee Bucks if they do go forward with that. All right, that does it for today's show. We'll back tomorrow. We'll talk Brewers Phillies. I'm gonna go see Top Gun tonight. Excited. Uh, so maybe I'll do a. I, I won't necessarily do a review because everybody's done a review. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I'll I'll at least mention it. I, I probably maybe like at the tail end here. Not sure if Mitch Schneider getting there on Wednesday. I know it's the finals is that night, um, but it's the only day I can do because I'm out of town. As again, programming note that I will be in South Carolina Friday, so no show Friday. Uh, 
sorry to disappoint. Um, I won't. I won't even promise that I'll try to pre-tape something. I have some pre-tape ideas that I could do, but I I always act like I can do them, and then it's like life happens. You know, it's, you're. I'm just balls to the walls on stuff. I planned my first like real trip though. I, proud of myself. I did a lot of a lot of planning. Feel good about it. Think I I have put us in the right direction to have a fun weekend in Greenville. All right. Take care of yourself. Have a good one. We'll be back tomorrow. See you guys. Have a good one. Bye.